Fitzroy. Welcome to our online service. We miss you. Good morning and welcome to Fitzroy's Sunday service on November the 15th, 2020. 11 years to the day, November the 15th, 2009, when I preached my first sermon here in Fitzroy. Some amazing things have happened down through those years. Lots of changes in the fabric of the building, in the mission reach of the church, and certainly in my development as a human being, and hopefully in uh, many of your spiritual journeys, in your hearts and your souls and your minds. If you're a visitor, um, an associate member, as I've been calling many of you, hundreds of you, down through these last months, uh, then you're welcome as well. Um, if you're a Fitzroy member and you sign up to the website and join the website, you get a daily prayer, not a daily prayer, a daily diary for the week ahead. Uh, that comes into your inbox, usually on a Sunday evening. So uh, if you want to get that, go on, make yourself a member of um, the website and that works. And that's a way to find out when our next gathering is, which is next Sunday uh, in Fitzroy. Uh, tells you uh, all kinds of different things uh, about what's happening around the congregation. And if you want to give, then you can do that on the website as well. Let's uh, come to worship and let's pray together. Lord, we may be apart in where we're sitting and watching right now, but we pray that something of your Holy Spirit will connect us and that we will feel part of a community, the community of Fitzroy that meets or should meet in that building in South Belfast on Sundays, but more than that, a community of faith that stretches right across our world today. May we feel part of your community and may we build each other up as you would long by your Holy Spirit to use us to do so. We pray you would bless us in the worship and the readings and the prayers and the reflection. In Jesus' name, Amen. Oh, 
Good morning. Our prayers today are focused on the environment. Please join me in prayers of thanksgiving, repentance and intercession for climate justice. We start with a moment of thankfulness. In these challenging months, for the comfort, beauty and joy so many of us experience in your creation, we thank you God. For our favourite outdoor places, for the beauty of autumn and fun exploring outdoors, we thank you God. For how the earth sustains us, providing all that we need, warmth, food and shelter, we thank you God. Lord, you have taught us that repentance is about changing, turning and acting in new ways. We can feel overwhelmed when faced with climate crisis, grief at what has been lost, sorrow for the harm we cause, and fear for the future. When we have chosen to run from our feelings, forgive us, Lord. When we have failed to respond to global warming, species decline, plastic and pollution, climate inequality and poverty, forgive us, Lord. When we have consumed more than we have put back, when we have been caught up in economic systems and lifestyles which cause destruction, when we have been blind to privileges gained through the exploitation of others and the earth, Forgive us, Lord. When we have forgotten that we are just a tiny part of creation and that caring for creation is the same as caring for each other and caring for ourselves, forgive us, Lord. We pray for climate justice. We ask for the courage to change, to be people who strive for peace over profit, activity over complacency, and a greater good over today's convenience. Lord, help us. We ask for guidance in how we individually and as a faith community can bring about climate justice. In considering our time and resources, our prayers and interactions, and the impact of all our actions, Lord, help us. We pray for the many conservationists, environmental groups, and individuals who work to protect our world. May we learn from their dedication and experience. May we come alongside them and support their work where we can. Lord, help us. We pray for Stormont, where the Climate Change Bill is currently being considered. We pray for the Northern Ireland Executive and civil servants. Give them courage and stamina to lead us through the monumental cultural and behavioural changes required. We pray for wisdom in supporting and challenging our governments in tackling the climate emergency. Lord, help us. We ask that you unite us all, individuals, our church community, our wider community and our government in fighting to reduce carbon emissions, consumption levels and inequality. Lord, help us. Lord, remind us of our love for this beautiful planet that feeds, nourishes and sustains us. Strengthen our love for the whole of humanity in all corners of the world. Strengthen our desire to protect all of this for ourselves, for all living beings 
and for generations to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. from 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 1 to 11 the day of the Lord now brothers and sisters about times and dates we do not need to write to you for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night while people are saying peace and safety destruction will come on them suddenly 
as labour pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing.
poor and hungry going looking for a savior Prophet calls for justice, he ends up dying But you can't stand the truth, cause he'll keep on crying Sunday's coming Johnny Fitch again. I make no apology for leaning heavily on Johnny's um, songwriting ability and performance ability because that's not one of his songs. I think there's a guy who wrote that's called Ken Needham and uh, Martin Joseph covered the song uh, way back and we used it uh, at Easter this year as a song of resurrection between the Friday of crucifixion and the resurrection of Sunday. It's Friday but Sunday's coming. But the song is about much more than that. The song is not just about those uh, couple of days around the passion. The song is telling us that we are living in a Friday. We look around us at the world that we're living in and we see famine, we see war, we see conflict, we see all kinds of scenarios in our political worlds, we see COVID-19, we're aware of the deaths around us. Um, we're aware of people we know who are ill with the uh, with the coronavirus. We live in this Friday. It seems that everything has gone wrong as the disciples looked around them on that good Friday and everything had gone wrong. And yet on Sunday, resurrection, hope and a changed world. And so we live in this world where we, we still feel there's there's a lot of Friday about, but we're getting little hints of Sunday coming and it's that hope of Sunday coming of Christ coming of the city of Jerusalem descending out of the heavens as we hear at the end of Revelation it's that hope that can keep us going in the Fridays the little hints of Sundays and I want to go back to the Genesis to start with this morning uh, today's lectionary reading is very much based in revelation. It's very much eschatological. It's very much when is Jesus coming back. The Thessalonians were struggling with that. There was all kinds of debates and arguments that he might come back in the morning, so therefore we didn't have to do anything. And Paul's speaking into that. But to get the full, um, I think, um, the full impact of it, I want to go right the way back to Genesis. I want to get us to understand our human vocation. If we go right the way back to Genesis, we find that God has put us in the garden, part of his order of things, that order of things that's so poetically put in Genesis chapter 1. Um, uh, that order of how God made the world and that it was good and then that humans were made and they were very good, all of that stuff. And when that order of things is set then God talks about 
humanity, man and woman, being those who would work and care for that earth. As Rhea has prayed for already this morning, we have this stewarding responsibility. It's a vocation of every human being to look after what God has given to us. That was what we were made for. That was our place in the order of things. And the environmental catastrophe that's going on around us, the way that we're ruining that earth, that God gave us a role to look after, is incredibly, incredibly important. Which is why we got Rhea to pray about it this morning. And in this um a pandemic, a pandemic situation that we're living in. We didn't have any kind of harvest service or Thanksgiving this year, and I guess this is that nod to that. That the harvest, that the I just got photographs this very morning from um, David Amazu, our pastor in Onialaku, who looks after the school that we partner with up there, and he was on the school farm, and he was just joyful at the cassava harvest. This is tending the world that God has made. This is being stewards, the vocation that we've got. And of course, it's not just about farming, because as we move from the Garden of Eden to the city of Jerusalem, we find that the scriptures tell us that there's all kinds of other vocations, other ways that we take care of God's world. And of course it's broken. Of course it's twisted as a result of the fall. But Jesus has come in order to untangle the twists, in order that we might start living the Sunday life even in the Friday. That in this place between, the place between, between Genesis 1 and the end of Revelation, between the garden and the city of Jerusalem coming down out of the sky, between Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension and his return again that we have this rule this specific rule from God to do things in that space in that meantime we had Nicholas Walterstorff with us just a few years ago in Fitzroy it was a glorious morning oh the man's wisdom is incredible and David and Francis invited me for coffee with him the next day and I did feel I was a little bit out of my reach in intellectual terms but he just is a man full of incredible wisdom as to how to apply the Bible into the meantime into this space how to take care of of the world. He has a book um, Until Justice and Peace Embrace and in the middle of that book this is quite interesting because I think I used this quotation in the sermon this is as I said my 11th birthday in Fitzroy and I think I used this quotation in the sermon not my sermon to preach for it which was on September the 13th um, or on my first sermon, uh, November the 15th, and don't forget it was a Friday the 13th when we were installed and we beat over the head superstition. But I think in the sermon in Fisherwick where your hearing committee came to listen to me, I think I used this quotation. And it's an amazing quotation about vocation. Um, uh, Walterstorff um, comes from a Dutch Reformed background. So he has come out of uh, Holland. Um, he hasn't, but Walterstorff has, has come out of there. And there was this um, movement of Dutch Reformed right across to America and around Michigan, around Calvin College, where I go often and have dear friends, and where Nicholas Walterstorff is very involved, um, 
there's a lot of Dutch reformed and they would have taken uh, Abraham Kuyper who was uh, a Dutch theologian, a Dutch journalist and a Dutch prime minister. Um, he had this Calvinistic theory, um, uh, this Calvinistic theory that you might well have heard me speak about before. Uh, if, I, if I find the quotation here, not one square inch of the entire cosmos, Christ does not say this is mine. Not one square inch of the entire cosmos, Christ does not say this is mine. Jesus is Lord, and he's just not Lord of the decisions I make in this week that are good or bad. It's not just a subjective Lord of human beings in individual form. Jesus is Lord. This is where incarnation, Jesus' birth, that we're going to come into during Advent. This is where uh, the cross, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. This is where resurrection, the risen Christ defeating death, defeating evil and darkness this is where the ascension particularly comes into play because when jesus ascends he ascends to the right hand of the father and he becomes lord paul tells us in ephesians over the universe there is not one square inch of the entire universe abraham kuyper says that is not jesus's lord written all over it now that has implications for us so i'm going to get that piece of paper back apologies about that um it doesn't always work perfectly. It has for eight months, but there you go. Um, Walt, Nicholas Walterstorff, in the middle of this book, uh, talks about the social piety of Calvinism. Coming out of that idea of Kuiper's, not one inch of the whole universe. Jesus is Lord of it all. And he talks about our social piety, the holiness of our lives, the vocation of our life. Well, the vocation comes into this. He says that it is obedience motivated by gratitude and expressed in vocation. There's a good way to look at your life. It is obedience motivated by gratitude and expressed in vocation. Now, as I was unpacking this week, my mind immediately raced to Romans chapter 12. In view of God's mercy, there is the gratitude. In view of God's mercy, there is the gratitude. Offer your lives as living sacrifices. There is the obedience. Obedience Motivated by gratitude for what God has done for us, worked out and expressed in vocation. If you read the rest of that first part of Romans 12, you get Paul talking about all our different vocations, leadership, servanthood, hospitality, all these things. So what Wolnersdorf is telling us is, if we want to know our place in the world, if we want to know not only that we as humans have been given the world to take care and look after, if we want to know how we work it out in our lives in the meantime between the garden and the city, between Jesus coming and his second coming, in this meantime in between, then what we have is obedience motivated by gratitude and expressed in vocation. Now I find this all incredibly interesting as I look at Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5. Because the lectionary readings this week, the Gospels, are on that parable of the talents. You know the one where we're given all these talents and, and then we're judged by how we use the talents? This follows on from another parable which was the ten virgins getting ready for the coming of the bridegroom. And it comes before Jesus saying, how do we know the ones that are in heaven and the ones that have got grace and salvation? Uh, then it's the ones who look after the homeless, the ones who look after the hungry and the thirsty and the prisoner and the sick. In between, so those, those are three 
uh, parables, <clears throat> which are talking about the end times, talking about what's going to happen at the end. And it seems to me that Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse First uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 kind of is a commentary almost on the Matthew passages which is really interesting in those early days of the church and what Paul would have known of the gospels around that time because it seems what Paul has been telling us in First Thessalonians 5 is that we need to be alert to the coming of God we need to know that it's coming like a thief in the night and we need to be alert to it and then we need to do what the talents parable is all about. The talents parable is basically to me, and I go back to Genesis 1. We have been given a rule. The rule that we have is to look after the earth and take care of it. And when we're not using our gifts, when we're not using our abilities to do that, when we're hiding them or we're, not, we're abusing them or we're just being lazy about it, then we are not fulfilling the obedience out of gratitude in vocation. Paul's telling us that we need to find uh, light and faith and love and hope and build each other up on the faith. It's a social piety. It's something that comes from within us that deals with the people and the things around us. It's about being alert. It's about using our vocations. It's about how we act in the world and this is what Jesus is encouraging these Thessalonians some of them are saying we don't need to do anything because Jesus is coming back tomorrow why would we bother and he said absolutely not you are children of the light you're not children of the darkness you're not those of other religions who are going into the forest in the dark of the evening and doing all kinds of sexual or drunken worship you are a completely different group of people worshipping a completely different holy God And he's saying what we need to be doing is we need to be getting the breastplate of love and faith. And we need to be getting the helmet of the hope of salvation. And we need to be working that into the world as our human vocation from Genesis is in the meantime between Friday and Sunday. Between the garden and the city. Between the first and the second coming. So how do we apply that? Well, it seems to me that it is perfectly said by Waltersdorf. We work out obedience because of the gratitude of what Christ has done for us in our vacations. And here's the thing from all of that that uh, maybe I should say on my 11th birthday. I am not the most important person in Fitzroy because I'm the minister, the reverend, the one who has been ordained and installed. I might be in Kuyper's Dutch Reformed idea, Calvin's view of the priesthood of all believers, actually the least important. Because I'm not out tending the world. I'm not out taking care of the world. The congregation is. In health, in education, in business, in all the different places that you work, you are out there being the priesthood of all believers who work out your vocation, your obedience because of your gratitude, working itself out in vocation. You're the ones doing it. My job on a Sunday morning in front of a screen, becoming increasingly difficult to come up with anything new, is to really say to you, to encourage you and to inspire you to do the work. You're probably influencing the world much more than a 2020 minister can. You need to take that faith and that love and that hope. You see the Friday we're living in at the minute? 
Somebody said to me the other day on Facebook, I thought it was fascinating. I came up with something for Friday the 13th because I preached on a 13th for Fitzroy and I was installed on a Friday the 13th. And as I say, I, I came up with a little poem years ago about how we take out the superstition of Friday the 13th. And my friend put up 13. There's a number that uh, is of badness. 666. There's a bigger number of badness. And then he put up 2020. And there's another number that's not biblical for sure. Neither is 13, of course. But it's another number that might terrify us as we look forward into the rest of our life. Because 2020 has perhaps been one of the hardest years that we all can remember. And I'm not even talking about just COVID. There have been so many things that have happened to friends of mine. Shocking things. I've lost friends this year that I should never have lost at their age. 2020 has been a tough year. It's a bit like the Friday the disciples were going through. And in the midst of that Friday that the disciples are going through, here are the people of God, given a vocation, our obedience out of gratitude with this vocation to look after the world, to look after the people of the world, to be the Holy Spirit's hands and feet and mouths and gifting. And so our role is to take on this breastplate of faith and love and this helmet of the hope of salvation. This world, this Christmas, needs faith and love more than any other Christmas ever. They might have needed it the other Christmases, but they're more aware of it this Christmas than ever. And they need the hope of salvation. They need the hope of something. And we are the people of the light who've got it. And our vocation, in the meantime, between Genesis and the new city, between... um, Friday and Sunday, between the first and the second coming of Jesus, in this meantime, our role is to sprinkle that faith and that love and that hope across the world. Now, I mentioned the Christmas word, and it's only the middle of November. I only talk about Christmas at this stage if I want a mince pie or an eggnog coffee. I don't like to talk about Christmas until the 1st of December. But this year, I'm making an exception. Because I want us as Fitzroy and that wider Fitzroy family to make decisions now at the end of November that from the start of Advent right through to Christmas morning, we are going to be the people of God who are going to spread love and faith and hope in as many ways as we can across our community. Build each other up. As you're doing, Paul tells the Thessalonians. So I want us to think about ways in lockdown or outside of lockdown or whatever our restrictions are. I want us to consider ways that we can get this faith and this love and this hope out this Christmas time. Because I think that's a big part of our human vocation. From the garden to the city. From Friday to Sunday. From the first to the second coming of Jesus. Let's do it.
Thank you very much for joining us this morning. As we close, let's pray this prayer, this blessing, this benediction over one another as we live between the Garden of Eden and the city of Jerusalem, as we live between Jesus' first arrival on earth and his second arrival on earth, as we live between Friday and all that's going on around us and the Sunday that is coming. Let us close our eyes. Let us think of others in our community of faith and pray these words of Paul, this wonderful prayer over one another. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.